Hi, and welcome to Five Good Thoughts. I'm your host, Jack Bodenhammer. We're joined today with Reverend Dr. Josh Hayden, who is senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Ashland, Virginia. Uh, more importantly, he's a friend. He comes uh, today to offer us five good thoughts on church remissioning. Josh, so glad to have you today. Really glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Jack. Yeah, man. So uh, for those that may be uh, unfamiliar with the term, we're going to do start a little differently than we normally do. Uh, give us kind of a one minute summary of what this idea of church remissioning is. And then let's just jump right back into the list, starting with your number five on five good thoughts of church remissioning. Awesome. So when we talk about remissioning, we mean remissioning a church is all about empowering people to experience their own transformation for the sake of their community and the flourishing of their neighborhoods and world, which means that we really want churches to experience change from the inside out for the sake of other people. So remissioning isn't about how do we start something outside of us and hope that it somehow changes us on the inside. We're actually saying, how do we re-disciple people from inside the four walls and inside the community of our church so that they learn to live on mission in their everyday life. So that's how we talk about remissioning. And hopefully that'll uh, help folks think about how they can apply these kinds of ideas in their local context. So I'll start with number five. Yeah, uh, that's number, good. number five, good thought on remissioning. Um, how do you, and good thought number five is find yourself in the story. When I was uh, growing up and when I uh, was moving from out of church planning into remissioning church, uh, I heard all kinds of interesting advice. Some of it good, some of it maybe not so good. Uh, I heard things like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm -hmm. uh, don't change anything for two years. Uh, probably the one that was really difficult for me to understand because I'm a man is it's easier to birth a baby than to raise the dead. So I, I just tended to not agree with that one very, very much. But lots of people have opinions on what's happening and how things are going to change in local churches. But one of the most important parts of remissioning in this process is being honest about where we are as leaders in this current season of our own walk with God, our calling with our churches, and the hope or despair or indifference that we can feel as leaders coming out of so much tumultuous activity over the last few years. So if uh, good thought number five is to find yourself in the story, I think there's uh, two really important questions we can ask is what is one thing that brings you joy in your relationship with God and how can you practice it regularly? Like how mm -hmm. can you actually just cultivate a space where you can experience joy with God? And the second question is if there's a place of woundedness that you're experiencing after serving and leading in this season, how can you take your own well-being and spiritual health seriously in the coming season? Because all these uh our joy, our woundedness, our despair, they all impact how we relate to God and we lead and help our churches uh be on mission. I really like that. I think as I deal with or or get to col collaborate with churches day in, day out, so many aren't uh in the right chapter of their story, <laughs> they're they're they living they're living in in past chapters, and maybe have this dishonest view of themselves, or or just uh, nostalgia is a powerful force, um, yeah. and and so I think that's a great idea to start with. Where are you really? Um, yeah, man, what a good thought. All right, let's continue on. Number four. Number four, um, show up where your community is already gathered. 
you know, right now churches are tired and worn out from navigating polarization, dysfunctional relationships, COVID, financial pressures, inflation, whatever it might be. And instead of creating more work in your community where you have to administrate more events and more programmings, how can you start to think like kingdom agents and show up where your community is already gathering and leave the event planning to others, but instead you can focus on the thing that the church really, really can do well, which is relationships. So uh, instead of living on, on mission and uh, growing in community, um, we often spend so much time planning and organizing so much other stuff, but what if you actually just go and find where God is already at work ahead of you and join in those places? And then you can grow in community as a church with your neighbors, where your neighbors are already gathered. In my local community through the summer, we've had things like Fourth Fridays, where our town has literally been throwing parties on our main street, where people can just gather, hear music, eat some food, there's activities for kids. And honestly, they were probably doing, spending more money and putting more effort into it than we could do on our own campus to want to show up where they are. And what kind of impact might it be when you can get to know your neighbors and spend time with them where they're already enjoying life? And so if there are community festivals, there's music, art, places where your neighbors are gathering, show up there. Don't make them come to you. Show up where your community is already gathered. That's so good. In, in Texas, it's, it's football Friday nights, right? Like we're about yeah. to kick it off this tonight uh, is the first Friday and this will probably air later, but uh, yeah, it is. It, and it seems so simple, um, but this hasn't been the way of the church in recent years. Yeah. Too often we ask people to come to us. We ask people to show up where we are, but instead, if you go where they are, some of the most difficult things that people say in remissioning church situations is like, well, I just don't know where my neighbors are. I don't know what they're up to. I don't know how to connect with them. Well, there's a good chance they're already gathering. You're just not there. So go show up where they are and then you can make friendships and see how God could be at work there. That's really good. That's really good. All right, let's keep this train running. Number three. Number three, begin with the end. Begin with the end. Five years from now, what will be the signs that your church has been faithful to the mission God has asked you? Can you describe it? You know, sometimes what keeps us from being healthy and growing out of our boxes is that we never really slow down and say, God, where's the next mountain you want us to climb? Where's the next adventure that you need us to go on? And because we are so stuck in maybe looking backwards or just trying to keep everybody who's already with us there, we, we often never get to the place where we say, how will we know if we've actually arrived, if we've been faithful, if we've been fruitful to be the kind of church God wants us to be, to actually see neighbors who are far from God get close to God. Um, churches can often become like just really content with swapping sheep with other churches. <laughs> churches can be really good sheep swappers, but if your end is actually that people who are far from God grow close to God and begin to follow Jesus and make Jesus Lord of their lives, then you have to ask yourself, like, where are we headed? How are we going to get there? And how will we know if we've arrived? Sometimes we just don't think far enough, but how will your kids or your grandkids talk about their experience at church with you? I mean, this is really what's at stake, right? Like we want to imagine our, our places of faith will be a community with hope, 
where our kids and our grandkids will say, gosh, like I experienced Jesus with these people and I can't imagine my life without it. And so like, how do we ask the kinds of questions about five years from now, what would it look like for us to be that kind of church and then be all in, put all of our chips on the table to make movement towards that way of being church? Give us some ways that we could help facilitate that conversation, because I think if, if I'm listing this as a pastor or a youth minister or, or maybe even a lay person that wants us to maybe dream bigger and think about kind of big picture stuff, how do we facilitate these kinds of conversations? I think sometimes we overestimate what a large group of people can do and underestimate how important it is to have really meaningful and intentional conversations with people both inside and outside of our church. So I think there's two ways you can do this well. One is uh, find some of the folks that have been in your uh, church community the longest, ask them if you can take them for a cup of coffee or a meal and say, and ask them the question, what do you imagine our church would look like? five years, 10 years from now, or for your kids or grandkids to feel like this is a place they could call home. What do you think that that church would look like? And then ask them the question, how do we get from where we are into becoming that place? But I think Mm -hmm. churches that only talk to their existing people and don't actually ask their neighbors, go find someone in your community that might be your town manager or someone else, a business owner, and ask them the same question. What would it look like for our church to be seen as an asset so that your business, so that your school, so that your uh, leadership in our community, so that our town government, that it could thrive? What would it look like five years from now for you to be able to say, gosh, that church, we can't imagine our community being this place without them. And so go talk to them. Do the same thing. Ask them for a cup of coffee or a meal. And then once you're done talking with them, ask them if they can recommend someone else that you talk to as well. Wow, that's really good. Um, that's intimidating because the answer may not be something we want to hear. Um, yeah. Wow. They, they might even have answers that you don't want to hear. They might just have answers that surprise you too. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be willing to say, God, uh, if you open these kinds of doors where these conversations can happen, I'm going to trust that I'll be a good steward of the resources of these relationships that you've brought into my life, into my space. And so, yeah, don't don't burn the bridge with your neighbors either, <laughs> which could happen too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, so number two is 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 where we typically talk about resources, um, and I'm excited about this because you know what's better than a resource? A free resource. <laughs> so hit us with your resources. Absolutely. So uh, for uh, good thought number two. It's find community with others. There are a ton of really good organizations and people who are doing work and writing books on things like remissioning or revisioning or revitalization. Um, But one of the organizations that I work with to create kind of short immersion experiences that are about four weeks long that are kind of like an intensive to help you to wrestle with big ideas and live practically um, and also creating cohort experiences that's been really helpful for me and a community of pastors, not just here in the United States, but even uh, we've been having cohorts in Europe as well. And, and this is the V3 movement and their free ebook on purposeful pruning in light of COVID has really been a game changer for me and a lot of my friends in our churches 
And so you can get a copy of the book for free and find out about cohorts and short-term learning experiences at the v3movement.org slash the great pruning. And um, it's a really, really helpful resource because it's accessible. It's got wisdom from a few different leaders. Uh, if you wanna see a replay of a webinar that it was based on, you can find that there at that website as well. But the, the ebook is fantastic. Um, if you're looking for a resource to bring some leaders through over the next couple of months to ask the kinds of questions, who, who do we wanna be? Five years from now, what does it look like? Um, the pruning book will also help you to go, okay, what is it that needs to be pruned and cut from our living organization so that new life can bloom and emerge and we can be more fruitful? Because anytime you ask questions about the future, you're also asking questions about what is it that can't stay so that we can discover new ways to be faithful to God. Yeah. Again, there's a vulnerability to that uh, of pruning. Pruning hurts. Uh, pruning yeah. You know, you're snipping away some things that may have been there a long time. Um, I think we we all know we've had those conversations seminary and around of those those golden calves that get built in our churches sometimes, and and um, and that's probably a, a, a dour way of saying that these are things people love and have invested energy that have impacted people's lives historically, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will and continue to do so. You know, one of the things that's so helpful about this resource and, um, you know, Todd Bolsinger talks about like this, when people are discussing change, what they're resisting in that change isn't the change itself, but it's what they fear they're going to lose. Yeah. And so one of the important parts about pruning is that you need to acknowledge people's grief. Sometimes you actually need to have a service, a space where you actually mm. grieve and lament the loss of one way of being church one program or event that no longer is producing the kind of fruit that's consistent with the, the, the hopes and dreams of your church for its future. And so you don't avoid that grief. Really good pruning actually acknowledges it, helps it to have its place, but then doesn't allow it to dictate our future. And so wow. purposeful pruning is really, really important. It's a core part of a remissioning journey for a church. That's really good. All right, we arrived to it. Number one on five good thoughts of church remissioning. Number one, create and experiment. You know, our churches may not be willing to make five-year commitments to much of anything right now because they're tired. They're like COVID disrupted so much. I'm not really sure I can imagine five years from now, but they might be and they should be and hopefully will be open to a new program or something that if they know the time limit of an experiment, how they can give feedback, how they ha can have time to try it out and learn something, then they can really understand the why of an experiment. Divine experiments can be really, really helpful for your church to be able to have a little fun together. You know, mm -hmm. for a lot of years in ministry uh, work, I was really careful to ask, like, what is it that we're attracting people to with our events and programming? Uh, one of the my kind of mentors and ministry groups, Young Life, that I was a part of growing up was, you know, what you win people with is what you win them to. Mm. And so I was always mindful that, like, we can just be creating new pathways to entertain people through church. And we don't want to do that. And I still think those are important questions to ask. But I think in light of so much exhaustion and heartache and pressure, how can you create a meaningful experience that is fun for people to live on mission with their friend and neighbor? 
you don't have to make a lifetime commitment to this event or this program. Try it out for a while because people are aching for community and established churches that have been around for 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 or 200 years. Well, you've made it around the block a few times. Like you've done this. You're still standing. And that actually can be a gift of stability that you can mm. offer to your community. And you can use that stability that knowing that you've been resilient enough to navigate change many other times before, you can say, hey, we're going to try this thing out because we know that God is still going to be at work, even if this experiment doesn't work, but we're going to have some fun. We have one life and we know how short our life can be sometimes. And so we're going to experiment for the sake of the mission of God. So create an experiment, have it be time bound. Don't let it be forever. Help people to know why you're doing it. Have it be something that is mission centric, like outside of your four walls of your building, something with your neighbors and your community. And then ask the question, how are we forming people through this? And um, you'll be surprised how an experiment can create a bridge between what has felt like maybe isolated islands, your church and your community. And an experiment might help you to build a bridge between two groups of people that might not always feel connected. Man, that's beautiful. And, it, and these things are so intertwined of of go where your people are, start where the community is, have this experience, this four weeks of, of Fridays in, in your town, right? Where we're going to yeah. try this and, and meet some people and talk to some people. And, and, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and, and yeah. how we even define work is it can be different, right? Like our measures of success could just be, did we talk to people we haven't ever talked to before? Yeah. Great. Did you make a new, <laughs> did you make a new connection? Did you find out, did you find somebody whose kids go to the same school as yours? Did you find somebody who, who's lived here in your community longer than you did? <laughs> did? Did you find somebody who had the same band that you saw a few weeks ago in concert? Do they have the same shirt on as you and realize, that, oh gosh, there's somebody else who loves the Avid Brothers or whoever it is, just like you. That's a true Virginian answer there, the Avid Brothers. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, friend, I, I'm so deep. I could talk to you all day and, and talk to you about this stuff all day because I think it is such uh, life-giving conversations for a time in which church may not be life-giving for a lot of people. And, and so permission to dream, to think differently, I think is just so vital to our conversations. I deeply appreciate you joining us today. Um, and, and just thanks for your words of wisdom. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jack. I really, really believe in the work that Truett is doing and uh, thankful to be on the podcast with y'all. Yeah, man. Well, I look forward to the days where we can get together soon. And uh, and, and guys, uh, we'll have the resource stuff in the liner notes where you can click and find this free resource. We'll be so excited uh, for anybody that, that looks at this and has some feedback for us. I'd love to hear some more about that. You can find us online. Uh, once again, we're so glad you joined us here today for five good thoughts. We'll see you next time.